Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, produced here in Sydney, Australia. My name is Matt Wakeling. Thank you so much for joining me. Now today we speak to Australian blues artist Simon Kinney Lewis, fantastic songwriter, guitarist, vocalist. Now, in the last four or so years, Simon has released five outstanding albums. Some of them are acoustic-based, like his latest release, Catfish. Others show a more modern blues, uh, tinged in, in jazz and advanced harmony, as well as a very deep blues pocket. We talk about all those facets of Simon's playing in this interview. Simon talks us through his formative influences, what it's like working with his musical heroes, and takes time to talk us through his killer tone. Before we get to the interview, though, I'm going to crank this up a little bit more. This is a track called I Smell Trouble from the 2016 album Street Blues. Simon Kinney Lewis, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great to have you, man. Now you are in Sydney. Have you? Were you brought up in Sydney? Uh, pretty much. I, I did. Um, my my early days were in Bathurst. Okay. Yep. Yep. Where I kind of learnt guitar there first off, um, maybe for a few years, and then uh, my family moved to Sydney. So mainly Sydney. Okay. Cool. Whereabouts are you in in this? Big, beautiful city. I am actually in Chatswood. Okay, cool, nice. Yeah, I've moved around a bit, but I've I've been here now for about five years. Okay, great, man. Awesome. So back in chilly Bathurst, I've got some friends out there. That's super cold this time of year. Oh man, it is. Um, Man, when did you start playing guitar? Was that when you were a young fella out there? Look, I I first picked it up when I was eight years old. Uh (laughs) So um, yeah, my older brother played guitar, and um, my dad was playing a lot of stuff around the house always um a lot of blues records and and some rock stuff and it was sort of just always around so okay cool did you have lessons with there was there teachers or were you just picking up stuff yourself yeah i did have a lesson from uh i i didn't really take up any lessons till later um my brother taught me a lot and i mainly sort of just asked you know friends and anyone that sort of had a bit more knowledge than me at the time you know how to do things um i had a very good teacher when i moved to sydney uh who was right into he was actually a classical teacher but he he played blues grass as well and i caught up with him about maybe eight years ago or something roland chadwick and uh, yeah um so he was sort of my first sort of teacher and uh then I, I sort of had various teachers through school and stuff. Uh, Roy O'Donoghue, who was on the um, Arnie Jack show, and he was great because he he was really uh, he had a a lot of knowledge of jazz standards and and uh, melodies and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And uh, that was great learning from him. And yeah, so that's that about, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Your um your albums are so diverse. I, I definitely want to um get stuck into those, but you cover. Um, yeah, contemporary blues fusion kind of stuff. Um, some great acoustic 
blues and country kind of stuff. So um, where did those influences come from? So you said, you know, your dad's record collection was, uh, there was some rock going on there. Yeah, oh, look, look, those records, I mean, basically, that was like the very early foundations. I, um, when I decided to take up guitar seriously, um, when I left school, I, that's when I really started to just check out other styles of music. And those albums are kind of a good represent, representation of basically my musical journey mm-hmm. of, of checking out other players. So the country um, acoustic stuff was sort of in a phase when I was, I, I got onto this guy um, on YouTube teaching Nashville country guitar, Doug Seven. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, man, this is great. And I uh, bought a bunch of his stuff and I just, you know, I just went to town on that and then that introduced me to hybrid picking uh which allowed me to do some more of the, the richie kotzer stuff a bit easier and i got onto him later on as well okay. all via youtube so yeah i mean my early days were was just like a basic influence and the later ones were more specific sort of artists that i was sort of trying to emulate and and uh, my biggest you know influence i think um would be robin ford um he's sort of always been in there but then i i went to a point where i just had to i, I stopped listening to him for about a, maybe three four years because uh-huh. i i was kind of just i don't know just sounding like him too much. <laughs> but but I, but I also wanted to to i mean if, if you can sound like robin ford not many people can but yeah. um i mean he um he was a massive influence but i i found i wanted to check out other things so those albums are just a clear representation of like a almost like a musical diary you know yeah cool yeah i I love that it's i mean it's still clearly your voice throughout all those records oh cool that's about to get (laughs) oh for sure for sure and um i mean yeah the robin ford that's definitely a um i can hear that in your in your playing and you know perhaps a bit in your singing as well but um again i think you're definitely taking that your own your own thing do you remember the first robin ford tune that you heard I do actually, um, and, and someone who I, who I missed out, who was a very big figure in my learning. Um, the first Robin Ford record was "Talk to Your Daughter," yeah, yeah. and the first song I heard from "Talk to Your Daughter" was "Help the Poor." And there's this solo that um, uh, that James Muller, an, an amazing uh, jazz guitarist, so I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was very fortunate to have a lesson off him. He was um, dating one of my sister's friends. Uh-huh. And uh, I was kind of in a bit of a guitar rut because I was checking out Hendrix and Steve Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton, and I, I liked jazz, but I didn't like all sorts, all, all jazz. Like I'm sure you've heard that before. Sure. Um, <laughs> so it's quite it's like you know I I liked uh, certain certain elements there, the the harmony and stuff. And so he put me onto Robin Ford, um, and uh, he was explaining <laughs> this thing he was doing on a five chord where for an altered five chord you can play the, melo- the melodic minor a semitone up mm-hmm. and get that sort of fusion sound and and there was a couple of moments where he plays that on the help report it's a really brilliant solo and oh yeah, and yeah. Just, man that just sold me i my, that changed my world i i played that record to death and i had it <laughs> for about a year and i'd call him up from time to time and said man sorry i've still got your record and you're like no no that's cool like he <laughs> just knew i was like <laughs> So from then on, I bought every Robin Ford record, and yeah. um, you know, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I had um, "Talk to Your Daughter" was my first Robin Ford record. I had it on cassette, that, actually. Yeah. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a wow. li- I'm a little bit. I'm about ten years older than you, so yeah, cassettes were big okay. were a big deal at my place. Yeah, um, yeah. I still remember the cassettes. My brother had them, and you know, my dad, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wore that tape out, man. It's uh, it just got all warped, and <laughs> halfway through yeah, Revelation, yeah. <laughs> just the whole thing oh, kind of man. slowed down. Oh, isn't that a great? I mean, every song on that album was just amazing, you know. Killer. Uh, yeah, and Benny Colaluda on drums with the um, uh, what's the? Ain't got nothing but the blues. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice man. So this is, so you're digging in. Um, so you're leaving school. This is where you're sort of digging into this kind of more advanced playing i guess yeah well i kind of left school and then i was sort of in a bit of a rut i was like you know i learned a whole bunch of stevie ray Vaughan. i mean everyone sort of nearly every guitar player especially if you're in a blues yeah. goes i think through that but that helped give me a new direction and helped give me a sort of a focus and then from then um from you know robin ford you know other guys would put me on to um 
you know, Larry Carlton and like early Larry Carlton, I, I really love. And, um, you know, some Lee Rittner and um, some of those guys, you know, that was kind of really going outside blues that wasn't really, you know, I was kind of more into contemporary jazz almost, but um, it was just a, a sound that I loved, you know? Yeah, and just cool. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's great. Yeah, I can definitely hear that kind of West Coast sophistication mm. in your playing, but still with a deep blues kind of pocket. So that's a that's a cool mix of influences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then the, I think the Richie Costa stuff came in when I was like, when the YouTube thing started coming out. I thought, oh, you know, and I've sort of got over that a little bit. It sort of hung in. Um, I've tried to keep it in balance, but I think everyone on YouTube, when everyone's starting to post videos and stuff, was like, oh, the faster, the more flashy stuff you play you know, the more more views you get. I, I don't know. Like, I, again, like, for me, it wasn't so much about that. It was just the, the it was the learning of, of a new style that's um, really exciting anyway. Yeah. And so when I was checking out country guitar, which was a really unforgiving style of music, I practiced so much of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and on acoustic guitar, it's really hard work, you know. Yeah. Like, I, that stuff would have been far e- easier if I just bought a telly, man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a really hard uh, work on the on the country fried chicken record. Yeah. And um, yeah. So. That's cool. Mm. I mean, I mean, even with a telly, it is unforgiving that stuff. So. It is. You've, it uh, is. Even with yeah. Wow. Sorry. When when you talk about Richie Cotson, are you talking about um, pickless Richie Cotson? So after he stopped using the pick. Oh no, I'm talking actually pick Richie Cotson. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> I used to watch that, but when I first did my, and I deleted a whole bunch of YouTube videos, so I felt it wasn't, I don't know, because I, I just cleaned up my whole YouTube channel about three weeks ago, because okay. I, I, I kept a few things on there, but early stuff was sort of just, I don't know, it was just, it felt, again, it was just kind of, I'm just kind of documenting my work as a yeah. diary. I used it, my channel is almost like a musical diary. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that stage, I did release a, a, a series of lessons uh, with some of that stuff in there called Tasty Blues Licks. And the Richie Cotton stuff was, um, uh, I checked out early Richie Cotton. It was a video called Rock Chops. <laughs> and I just would watch it as a routine every morning yeah. um, with coffee. <laughs> and this is before, you know, I had, uh, uh, I had my son and I had more time to practice every yeah, day. Yeah. You know, I'd, so I'd just be putting that on and just, you know, working on the double barring stuff. I got into Legato. Mm-hmm. All these techniques that I hadn't checked out, obviously guys like Robin Ford don't really do as much, yeah. but they have a beautiful sense of melody. So I wanted to keep that. I never lost sight of that, but I really loved that, uh, you know, the, the ability to sort of just get around the guitar neck like those guys could, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I remember that video. Yeah, I remember um, yeah. <laughs> all those videos, man. That was all a big... Great, aren't they? Killer. It's okay. He looks so stoned when he's teaching. It's like, where, where, <laughs> but he, then he plays this unbelievable stuff. It's like, what headspace is this guy in? You know, it's like, yeah, I think he's, he's, um, I think he's pretty chill. Are you going to see him? He's coming. Sure uh, he's coming to <laughs> Sydney in a, in a month or so, I think. I know. I'm really dreading. I can't sing because we're we're playing a festival and we're doing the Gimpy Muscle with oh, a free show okay. there. And I'm, yep, yep. I'm actually screaming. I can't see him because I don't know where I'm going to see him again. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean he's pickless as well now, but he still plays amazing. It's yeah, like, wow. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. Should be cool. Mm. Awesome. Let's um, maybe we could talk through then your records a bit. Then might do it in order, perhaps. So your first album, solo album, was Behind the Blue Mask. So that's when's that? Twenty thirteen, yeah. I think. And that's yeah. yeah, that's vocal guitar. When when did you start singing and and writing songs? Where did that come into into play? Well, look, I mean, I. Yeah, I started singing, playing earlier than that, but like earlier than 2013. But I, most of my stuff before that was sort of just demo recordings. Mm-hmm. And um, that record was the first record that I decided to, you know, put some vocals down. So I kind of listen back to that thing now and go, oh man, this, like, my vocals, I feel, have gotten a lot stronger since that record. But um, it was just a nice, um, nice start to, you know, record some ideas and, you know, I think, yeah, all those songs are original songs. So it was, uh, I wrote some of them on piano. I, I play, I write sometimes on a bit of piano to sort of get into a bit of a different headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I was over in Bali at the time and um, I uh, met a couple of, uh, Simeon Kane, who's with a Henry Rollins band. He was over there and 
we um, we did some shows over there, and I thought, wow, what a great opportunity to record my first record because he's just an amazing drummer. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I used an, another guy from Sydney, Rob um, Cornish, who was sort of just doing a, a con. Uh, it was part of his con exam or something to record, and uh, it was. And so we said, well, man, why, why don't we use the studio and record a few tracks? So between those two drummers and yeah. Um, kind of it's not real if there's a few blues tracks on it well i wasn't sort of really you know in that it, it was like sort of rocky yeah just a, again a bit of that sort of uh, all those influences coming into one for that album yeah um yeah. early influences like a bit of robin ford um i hadn't checked out Rob, uh, richie Cotson by then so it was kind of robin ford a bit of steve lucas maybe um and uh yeah, my first attempt of writing some songs. So. Yeah, cool. Oh, man, they're great tunes. They're very... I was trying oh, to think, thanks. how do I describe them? Are they contemporary blues or contemporary soul or sophisticated pop? I, I don't know, but there's some... Yeah, great writing there, man. There's a bit of that in there. It's kind of a bit of a mix. When I listen back to it, there's, there's definitely a few songs in there that I, I still like. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I think musicians, are, we're all our worst critics. Like, I look back at that record definitely now and I go, oh, man, I could... I, it's why was I writing that? And um, I don't know. You're always moving forward, but I, it's something I'm I'm very proud of releasing because it's everything that you release is just a stage of your uh, you know music development and and everything. So yeah, it's funny because 2013 is not that long ago, but for you that's like five records ago. You you've been it uh, is. you've had like a record yeah, out every year since. That's amazing. Look, it feels like a long time ago for me because I really do so much like. In, in that from that time bracket from 213 or even like 211 like say 211 to recording i was doing a lot of practice even before like there's a lot of guitar work obviously in behind the blue mask i was doing a lot of practice to get some of those solos down and yeah and then i think it seems like a long time for me because i'm i've i've practiced a lot you know so yeah nice mm. that's awesome so 2014 comes around and uh it sounds like a gear shift, I guess. Country Fried Chicken comes out, which is a great name for a record, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like one of those. I mean, all the songs on it are kind of a bit quirky. Conan the Barbarian Hen was uh, one yes, of my favourites. Yes. <laughs> was it the Blue Pellet Blues? Was that the opening track? Yeah, blue. Um, blue. Uh, blue Pellet Shuffle. Oh, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. So you're playing with a band, but you're exclusively on acoustic for this record. So as we were saying, that's it is fairly unforgiving. You've got your picking, or your picking, I, I should say, your picking. You're getting that out. I think I was doing like maybe four or five hours a day for about eight months before I, you know, I mean, it, it actually took me like probably about a, a year and a bit to get some of that hybrid picking stuff down. It was a really, really new technique. But I think it's what's so cool is when you get a new technique and you're a guitarist as well, as, as you know, like when you get something new down, it's it's almost uh, such a refreshing thing. Um, and I found that a lovely, uh, lovely way of writing new heads and melodies and okay. stuff. Like yeah, yeah. sort of things like, oh, wow, I can do this now. I've checked out this, you know, double stop thing. And I've got my second and third finger working with a pick. I'm going to write this melody. And and a lot of those songs were actually just like little melodies I, I wrote as exercises, actually. Okay. To, and like little solo ideas. And I thought, well, this could be, you know, like a cool little melody for this song. And, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, really, really, um, I think, a, a very important part of my, you know, learning. You yeah, know? fantastic. You got some, um, you got some attention or some success on some US country charts as well. Yeah, with one one song, String Pie, that went that went to number one on the um, independent uh, channel, uh, independent radio station for. Oh God, I'm so bad with names and remembering things. I mean, that's something <laughs> I should remember. Um, but again, it was two fourteen. So um, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, it went very well. one of those tracks that sounded great like you know 
even even before it was mixed, it, it was just sounding great. And I had um, Christian Howes play a beautiful violin solo on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And he's just amazing. So it was just yeah. And a, and we played a couple of shows when he came to Sydney, and um, just amazing guy and uh, just inspirational, really. Yeah, that's great, mm. man. Very cool. What um what guitar were you playing on that record? It was it the same acoustic all the way through, or you? Man, it's my. I had this four hundred dollar Korean Fender acoustic. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the only guitar I have. Uh, Yamaha lent me. Uh, I am endorsed with Yamaha. They lent me their Trans Acoustic um, the other day, which I just had to return. I did record that for a couple of songs on uh, my latest album, Catfish. Okay. And that was like a was beautiful to play. And, and my friend, my the bass player of my band really my best friend rob ewan let me his tailor for the street blues record because i said man i'm getting some intonation problems finally on <laughs> korean acoustic yeah wow. and then right at the store right t-chat they uh they set it up for me really really nice and it was kind of playable again and that's just, there's a few songs actually on the catfish record where i i, I literally just pulled them out to to just make a demo to show the band this is the song mm-hmm. and um Gypsy Eyes is one song. It's all been filmed. You can actually look at the fretboard. There's mold on the fretboard. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't pulled it out for ages. And I was like, "There's no, I'm never playing that guitar again. Yeah. And I ended up just pulling it out and just strumming and just to get a song out. And then uh, that ended up being a good take. So I just left it. Nice. But I, I was thinking to myself, I go, man, there's mold on that fretboard. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I've never done a record where I, I'm usually like fresh strings, you know, yeah, make yeah. sure they're perfect, and, you know. So, yeah. Well, that's the blues, man. That's that, that's fine. That's, <laughs> that's it. You know, really, it really is. Wow. Nice. Um, Strat Attack comes out in 2015. That's uh, a more of a rock fusion kind of instrumental record. You, you really get your legato out on that record. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. Again, going from that, you know, chicken picking, hybrid picking, uh-huh. Richie Cotson. That was like really um, early Richie Cotson influence. That yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And a bit of Greg Howe. My brother, I remember my brother bringing a Greg Howe record back one day from Birdland. And um, when it was around, I was like, oh my God, who was this guy? You know, so, I mean, it was my attempt to emulate those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never really, you know, again, it's like I'm really, I'm sort of caught between those two worlds of that, you know, having a balance between that shred stuff and the, and the blues, the, the Strat Attack is exactly what it is. It's like, it's just a shred album. So okay. it's like, that's why I, I decided, look, this is just a guitar nerd album that, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's no vocals. It's like, there's some cool riffs and stuff and yeah. great band. I mean, I've got Anton, Anton David Yance on bass on that and I've got Michael Lazar Party on keys who actually does some really beautiful solos. His synth solo work is just unbelievable. Um, incredible keyboard player yeah yeah i think that's one of the buzzes for me when you're doing a record is just hearing what other guys can bring to the table you know yeah where did you record that so i recorded that here i had a um i this is before i bought my camper profile i, I actually recorded it through my boss e-band and some people go what you know but i you know i've got a nice compressor and um the sounds are all dry from that but I actually got a really cool sort of gain. It was a JB Lee gain sound I used as a preset on it. Okay. Uh, so all recorded at home. Um, that was like, there was like moments in that record where um, for a few songs there, like Future Thoughts, that they weren't solos all the way through. I mean, they're like nearly six-minute songs. Yeah. But there were yeah. like first solo, keyboard solo, and then I would like do the outro solo and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of before... I had started filming anything, which I really, I kind of regret in a way because I was doing so much practice at the time and YouTube, I didn't have a camera at the time record, but uh, that's when I decided to film everything to Street Blues, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, but that, that strategy. Yeah.
There it is. Cool. What's what's your strat? It, that seems to be like your main electric, as far as I can tell from your videos and mm. uh, clips of you playing. It's it's interesting. It's a strat, but no no scratch guard, no pick guard, just a really figured top. Yeah. Well, I basically it's right here. Yeah. Been doing practice there. Um, <laughs> my brother found it for me actually on online. I just did a session and and um, I really. I was really trying to hold on to this money, and he found it on Sweetwater, which is a store in the States. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, man, check out this Strat. It's like a Strat Deluxe, and it's it's just it just looks so cool, just like on the photos of it. Yeah. And wow, it doesn't look like a like a normal Strat, you know, like what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. So I took the risk, and I just bought it straight off, you uh -huh. know, without, and I hadn't even played it. And um, it, was, it was just... The minute I opened it from the box, it was just perfect, you know, wow. and um, it's just been the best guitar I've ever owned. Wow, I mean, cool. I've just got the double humbucker in the back, so it's got yep. two single humbucker, so you can get that rock sound, yeah, uh, and even the Robin Ford type sound with the humbucker, yeah. But um, you get a really nice, um, clean tone as well with the um, this. Uh, I'm going to get this name wrong a little bit here, but Samir and Cobalt Blue. Do you know the name of those? Pickups? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fender were doing those for a while, weren't they? Yeah, I'm pr probably pronouncing that name wrong, but I only started to remember it because a few people would, on Facebook were like, what pickups are they? And I thought, yeah. you know what? Better, I'm going to just know them so I can write back straight away. <laughs> now I've got it. <laughs> cool. Oh, it sounds great, man. It sounds really cool. Yeah. Nice. So Street Blues, the year after 2016, um, you're still on your Strat, but you're, you're sort of back on the vocal the vocal yeah. stuff yeah yeah great yeah, record I singing i just got really obsessed with, with guitar for strat attack and country yeah. fried i just and that, i know that definitely took away from you know singing as much for sure but um that album i decided really kind of i wanted to balance between the two, the two things and i also just purchased the camper profile that i'm sure you're aware of um which is just an amazing just an amazing tool for the studio. I mean, you just get some amazing amp sounds from it. Uh -huh. um, and the, the frac Fractal Audio made the, um, oh, what's it called? The, uh, the um, oh God, I forget the name, the, F the oh, FX. Oh, the Axe Effects, yeah. Axe Effects, sorry. Yeah. Axe Effects, yeah. And then the, uh, the camper came out. So I was really, really excited when I got it and I went, man, I'm just going to record, you know, all my, the sounds from this are going to sound great, you know, and they came out so, you know, Better than what I thought, so yeah. Yeah, the tones are the tones are killer. I've got to give a shout out. A good friend of our podcast, Trevor Court, was really keen for me to talk to you, and uh, oh, yeah. and um, he's like, man, ask him about the Kemper. So um, cool. So what are you yeah. doing with it? Are you using like amps out of the box, or are you profiling any of your well, like seriously? Own amps? What I do, I mean, seriously, it scared the the life out of me. It has so many sounds in it it is unbelievable so uh -huh. i'm never going to go through in my lifetime all the sounds in it but what i did do was just you know i did spend a few days just sifting through things i liked on it yeah and then i found the um the, it's called the gundy ford stumble um or it might be called the gundy robin stumble i'm not sure but it's it's based on robin ford's lead sound okay and i was like yeah awesome great <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's so what I did with that sound was I um, I pretty much kept it the way it was. I um, added just a touch more gain, yeah, just because um, I wanted just this again. I'm sort of coming straight from a really really heavy soaked gain sound from Strat Attack. Yeah, I wasn't quite used to a cleaner sound with the preset the way it was. So I just wanted a bit more gain for that. But also I didn't use any of the reverbs or delays in the unit because they were too, uh, I mean, that was just for the recording process. So obviously if I wanted less or something or more, I could, you know, I could just bring them up or down on plugins sure. in the, the session. Okay. So, but the reverb and delay on those campers are, are just beautiful as well. You know, yeah, so okay. they're really good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sounds so great. I'm using the King Clean sound for the rhythm um, rhythm parts, which is just this really, really clean, um, true sort of strat sound, like yeah. sort of for the intro of Little Wing, and mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's just a bit, a bit glassy almost, which is kind of, it just rep, 
you know, it's just a nice clean sound. Yeah, it's squeaky clean. It's beautiful. It is. It's kind of yeah, it's squeaky clean. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, great, man. It's a nice contrast. And then when you yeah, you hit the the lead tone and you get on the humbucker, yeah. you feel that compression and that's and all it. Sustain. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great unit. You the opening track there you better quit your fool is that a is that another robin ford reference that's a talk to your daughter lyric yeah a little bit actually i was more influenced there was a guy who um i recently just did a support with just last week um that's a like, changed my life like amazing guy i've always loved chris kane um, yeah i wanted to talk about that that's how cool yeah. was that doing opening for him oh man he's just something else and he um he's he really influenced me when I saw him uh, in Threadbow, and uh, he kind of writes songs like that. So that that's where that song came from. I was I was thinking of some Chris Kane song when I wrote yeah, that. Yeah, right, cool. Uh, just the phrasing of it and stuff like that. And it's just the words, like the way he writes and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's great, man. That's super cool. Must must have been fun to open for one of your one of your influences. Uh, it was actually scary, to be honest. I mean, I, I got the call on Tuesday, and I don't know, it's just a mental thing. Um, and I've always held that guy up there. Yeah. It's like a few of my guitar heroes. It's like he's up there with Robin Ford, and yeah. he's up there with um, you know, like a couple of guys that really changed my world here in Australia were like James Muller and, mm-hmm. and Ray Beetle. Who's oh, yeah. Name. He's a monster. Another amazing, he's an absolute monster. And then uh, Ray Beetle put me onto Chris Kane. And so that, when I saw him in Threadbow, I mean, I can still say this to this day. He's the only performer that I've seen, and I guess it's probably a bit of a combination because I was I was young when I saw him, mm-hmm. so I was very I was, you know, you're very influenced at a young age. But when I saw him play at Threadbow, I had like every hair on my body spiking wow. up, like just you know, and it just changed my my world. So to do the first support with him just last week. Um, Honestly, I was uh, I hadn't I was there was actually a little bit, bit of nerves coming out there. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah, it was funny. Like I hadn't felt that for a while, which is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you always come away from those experiences just stronger and everything. But then the second and third show opening up, they were fine. It was almost like this this unbelievable, um, um, unbelievably enjoyable experience, yeah. rather than sort of like half half excited, half nervous, half like. You know what? And also, my car nearly ran out of petrol coming to the <laughs> coming to the the brass monkey. I was like, I had to ask a guy, "Can I park in your dri- in your driveway?" Because my car's about to die. <laughs> it was like a mouth like a malfunction in the electronics or something. And wow. I was borrowing my dad's car, and yeah. It, so that was like a bit of it. And I'm like lugging my new uh, Supro to the to the gig. I just got endorsed with um, Supro amps. Oh wow! And, cool. I'm really loving this new Royal Reverb they gave me. So yeah. um, it's quite heavy though. I'm like, I'm lugging this thing to the gig going, where's the brass monkey sort of thing? And uh, there's Chris there. And, and Chris is one of those guys that he's just like the warmest guy you'll ever meet. Uh-huh. Big heart, 
you know, just makes you feel so good <laughs> to, to be around, like just amazing human being. But, you know, still in the back of your mind, you go, man, this is one of my favorite guitar players yeah, and right. one of my influences. So, yeah, awesome. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Um, so th those were acoustic shows. Are you opening on acoustic? I was opening on acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. So I was opening them from, you know, songs from my new record, Catfish. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we then would close the show. I'd play a few songs with him on the strap. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So oh, so I got to play with him as well. That's really, really cool. Oh, only three nights, man. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was just, it was a dream come true. And I, you know, I got the call from Stan Mobbs, who was playing bass with him. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was driving back from teaching, and I was um, super tired because I just I spent about 60 hours with my engineer mixing catfish, like checking mixes for catfish. And I thought, man, this week I'm going to just chill and that's it. But it's, <laughs> lately it's never the case. So he's like, can you do like a couple of supports for Chris? I'm like, wow, man, that'd be great. And then at Brass Monkey, they go, can you do another one at Bulleye on Sunday? It's like, oh, oh yeah, sure, great. <laughs> and then this week we just did four shows with Dana Kayama and Thrill and a couple of solo ones. It's just been really busy, busy, yeah. uh, nonstop. But, yeah, just an honor, really. I mean, he's he's a blues legend, that guy. He's kind of like the closest guy you get to B.B. King or Albert King. Yeah, wow. And, uh, you know, big heart as well. Like, yeah. just know you get a lot of guys that play, you know, really really great but you know they're they're not as uh friendly as chris you know right. <laughs> chris That's is cool. just like yeah Beautiful. it's just that you know that comes across in his music um but to hear, you know, you've obviously met him so to hear that in in, in person as well is really cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's just awesome. Yeah. Cool. Hey, let's let's talk about Catfish. As you mentioned, um, your new album's called Catfish. It's only out a few weeks. It came out what June thirteen, I think, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Congratulations, man! Great record. Thanks, man. Yeah. Digging it. So yeah, you're cool. you're back on acoustic. Just you on an acoustic and Vox and um, Chris Wilson guests on on a, on a yeah. tune there. Yeah, from Melbourne. Fantastic harmonica player and. He's just coming from like a hauntingly beautiful place of blues um, of, you know, he's he's just a really deep musician is the way to put it. Uh -huh. I mean, he really feels all that stuff. Um, I flew him up from Melbourne. Um, I actually had, uh, I nearly had Sugar Blue actually play on the record. Um, Sugar Blue played with the Rolling Stones and his management uh, contacted me but he was just going on tour so I just missed out mm -hmm. just in terms of timing and stuff which would have been great but then I thought man I, I saw Chris um, at a show we were opening for um, down south and he used my amp and I, I just when I hear that guy play I mean Chris Kane said to me uh, when I was chatting with him he said he made he made Chris Kane cry with his harmonica play wow. he was just he was just balling up and i mean chris is an emotional guy uh -huh. you know that's part of his nature like he just he puts his heart and soul into it but he you know but that's i mean when i when he was recording here in the studio i was like after every take i just like wouldn't wouldn't be i just couldn't breathe you know i was like <sighs> and then like i turn around he'd be like in this quiet voice okay we'll do another one we'll do another one you know <laughs> and, you know and Oh man, it's just, it was really cool and very, very, the most simplest album I've done, you know, and uh, I just felt on those songs I wanted some harmonica and just make it a real traditional blues record. Baby,
But um, yeah, Chris sounds great. Chris sounds amazing. There's the tune, um, Baby, How Long, you're doing that long call and response on the front. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Did that go down live? How did you get the, the interplay? No, look, there was a few things I cut off on that from his take, mm-hmm. um, but mainly because, I mean, he recorded all that stuff in like three hours yeah. and he was he was pretty tired man he, he got up at 3 a.m when he lives out in melbourne he's a long way from the airport okay so um i came back here i had to drop my son to daycare and he said oh you going to the shops i said man i'll get something for you what do you want he goes oh two big bottles of pepsi max <laughs> 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 okay. i said oh man you sure i could t- we could go to a cafe and get some eggs or something if you want <laughs> um <clears throat> but uh he did that but that was kind of a hard intro because um, I recorded my parts first. Initially, I did like a dueling guitar thing. That's the alternate take. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, he kind of was, oh, like, in between, like, when, when, when is he going to finish his line sort of thing? Because some of the guitar lines go quite long and some of them are short. Yeah. So, he didn't really have a bit of a listen to it. I mean, I, I, got, I guess, you know, with a guy like Chris, he's such an organic player. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to give him – I thought about doing it, but – I didn't even want to give him the, the tracks to listen to before he recorded. Like he didn't actually listen to any of that stuff before mm-hmm. he recorded. So it was super fresh that way. And he, guys like that, you know, when you hear him play live, you get the best out of artists like that. Uh-huh. You know, there's certain guys I've, just where I've learned with making records that are, are good for certain things, you know, and the approach for how you work with them is important mm-hmm. to get the best performance out. And I thought with Chris, it's like he's just such an organic player. He'll respond in his own way. And, um, you know, I really didn't have to cut up much. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, if I cut up anything, it was just so he wouldn't overlap over the guitar. You know what I mean? I just used another little take part there and think it was camera footage, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Blues. I love harmonica. (laughs) Great, man. Yeah, he kills it, kills it. There's a, there's a great version of Crossroads on there, the uh, the cream kind of vibe, but on an acoustic. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the, like my early influences again, you know, I like, grew up listening to a lot of cream and stuff. And actually, like, that's kind of, uh, you know, the way I'm doing that's almost like a little bit of that country fried chicken influence. So it's like hybrid picking, uh-huh. uh, the um, singing and playing, yeah. the, um, you know, the chords and that sort of style. So, yeah. Yeah, that came out well. I went down to the crossroads, tried to make it right. I went down to the crossroads, tried to make it right. Nobody seemed to know me, everybody passed me by. What guitars did you play on that? So you mentioned the Moldy Fender. <laughs> <laughs> did any yeah, other acoustics think, get around? I think the Moldy Fender's on. I know it's definitely on Chipsy Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to think. I I can't remember what song I started recording with because again, most of the songs for this were just going to be like they were seriously just demos of new songs I'd written to show to the band to record a band album. So mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you know you know i think it's like really important like to keep in mind like if you get a good performance down then you know why not use it you know um so it's all done on the the fender except for two songs um one i wrote um uh on on the trans acoustic the the yamaha trans acoustic yeah um and then the, the the alternate take is uh, on Baby How Long. I, I use that to duel against the the Fender acoustic. So this okay. is sort of like a response there, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. When you say you're yeah, sponsored by Yamaha, um, what what gear of theirs are you using? Because you're obviously playing your Strat most of the time, I guess, for your electric well, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've got a kind of relationship at the moment where uh, I can, I'm 
I can use both. I, I use, I mean, say when I was opening for the Chris Kane shows yep. and I opened for Hats, Fits and Car as well, the basement, I'm using my, I always use my Yamaha Silent. I, I really love that guitar uh-huh. um, because it's kind of like the closest thing I can get to from coming from an electric to an acoustic. Okay, yeah. It, it looks like an electric almost. Yep. Um, it's got a nice, like the neck on it, the action. Um yeah, and also the pickup in it as well. When you plug it straight into, I mean, I can, I can plug it into a sort of an average PA, and it sounds pretty decent. Yeah, nice. Um, if I'm playing at a you know nice venue like you know the Basement or Lead Bellies, or um, the sound's so good. I mean, the sound at Lead Bellies in Newtown is so good that uh-huh. they had a really good sound guy. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but this Japanese guy, he he just pulled the nicest sound for me, and um, those guitars are just you know, fantastic. Yeah. For, for, yeah. Obviously, without the the hollow body as well, it, you're not going to have mm. any of the feedback problems you might have plugging an acoustic totally. in. That's exactly right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you still get a really good bass response as well, so you don't get any of that. Um, obviously, like, I, being a, to try and make Catfish a more authentic blues record, I wanted to use the Dreadnought, because I, in my opinion, still nothing still beats an acoustic, like, you know, the natural sound of an acoustic guitar, uh-huh. you know. When it's mic'd up and it's just you know the real thing yeah. um also the way that record's recorded was it's it's quite it, it's two mics on the vocals and guitar yeah um recorded you know it, almost like in that live setting so like the engineer simon cotsworth who has done all my records he was he was almost in shock when i gave him the files i said oh you've recorded guitars and vocals at the same time i was like yeah nice <laughs> totally the vibe you know so he just worked with it you know um oh, cool. he was quite surprised because you know these days like it's everyone wants to record separately so you can kind of fix things up and and like you know or if you you know like that vocal thing you can do it again which is like the beauty of the the digital world um but for this it was more almost like a just try and get the performance out as best as you could and it was the best thing for me because it's it's just presenting the album in, a, in its truest form, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Have you got any more shows um, showcasing that material? I want to do a thing. I've got to contact Chris, actually. I, I do want to go down to Melbourne and do a few uh, songs, almost like an album launch thing. It's just I have quite a bit on at the moment with the band because we're – we're actually tracking for a new album next month. Oh, great. And uh, Yeah, and we've just written a whole bunch of new songs. My bass player's written two really nice songs for the record, um, and this is like a collaborative effort with the band. Um, it's been a little hard with in my situation. I'm, uh, I'm sure you've heard this from many Sydney musicians, but it's quite expensive to independently fund your own record. So. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and that's kind of what brought me down to doing Catfish is that Basically, I just had to pay Chris, and that was it. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> and the mix mastering is like, well, there's, you know, because it, it does get quite expensive, um, even with friends helping you out, you know sure, what I mean? Sure, um, I had a lot of guys on, you know, Country Fried Chicken and, and Strat Attack that were just doing a lot of stuff super cheap for me, and I was yeah. very, very grateful for that. But uh, it's still quite expensive. So this band record's a collaborative effort between everyone's putting in, and um, we're even going to do a crowdfunding thing, and... We want to make sure it's, you know, goes to a good engineer. We want to do it an all Australian thing. Yeah, cool. Uh, so we'll be tracking it in Australia, getting it mixed in Australia. Yeah. Um, having, uh, we we do want to get a couple of featured artists. There's a possibility Chris uh, might do, might play uh, a couple of guitar solos or a guitar solo uh, on it. Um, the, there was some talk about doing a record with with him, um, not with my band but uh doing something later on so that that might be in the works later on yeah cool. but um yeah just uh a lot of lot of lot of cool things happening this year so it's great man it's really really good you mentioned the gimpy muster that's a great gig yeah i haven't done it so don't i mean apparently they pull a lot of people so you know we're looking at this stage just to get our name out there as, as much as we can yeah. uh, we did uh kind of jazz and blues we, we headlined for that i don't know how that happened but we've got a good manager um warren ross who's been really doing some great stuff for us and uh we did uh golden blues festival and great. go down to melbourne for some shows in september mm-hmm. i'll be down there from the um 8th 
sorry, eighth, sorry, sixth or seventh or something to the tenth. Okay. And uh, yeah, all, all the shows are on the website and stuff. So yeah, nice. Mm. Very cool. What's your um, what's your live rig like? You mentioned the Supro amps you've just hooked up with. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great amp. Um, do you know much about the Supro? Because it's new for me. It's um, it's relatively. The bits I've heard have been amazing. I've heard um, I had a good friend of mine, Michael Ross, um, uh, spoke to us after Nam, and one of his favourite things he saw at Nam was the uh, was the, the new Supros, the eighteen Watters. Cool. Yeah. yeah so man. there's a lot of buzz about those amps. They are great. Um, I have to admit, it, it's taken me. It's like it's taken me a little bit to get used to. Um, I mean, the first thing I, I noticed was. Um, just the clarity was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I the the amp I u- was using before was it's just a Fender Deluxe. Yeah. But I found it just bigger shows that the headroom wasn't enough. Um, you know, and you know, I mean, you're always getting those those amps sort of mic'd up anyway, and you can get fold back. But still, yeah. just on those stages, outdoor stages particularly, the sound, as you know, just travels. Just, sure. It just vanishes straight away, or you get certain carpeting and it just sort of gets sucked up by the carpet yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, so this amp, um, one thing which I'm finding I'm still getting used to, it's got it's got a massive bottom end on them. Um, uh-huh. This one I have is uh, is the Royal Reverb, yeah. and the reverb's not a spring reverb. I don't. I mean, I'm really, I, I should know a little bit more about these. I'm still researching. <laughs> I'm not really a gear guy, but um, the, all I know is I'm really, really loving the the trueness of clarity yeah. and uh, the um, the extra headroom's great. Plus. Uh, it has an amazing vibrant tremolo. Um, uh, I say vibraphone, but tremolo yeah, cool. uh, thing on it, uh, which is really really cool. So you can get that Robert Craig kind of thing going there, and nice. uh, I'm looking forward to using that sound as well. You know. Yeah, cool man. What about pedals? Yeah, yeah pedals. I'm using the. Um, I've used two Wampler pedals. I use the Wampler um, compressor. Yeah. Um, they've got a compressor called the. Um, the ego compressor yeah which is a blue one and uh that's really really great i'm using the brad paisley overdrive oh yeah nice and i yeah i kind of got that when i was <clears throat> getting into country stuff because it's kind of like this clean overdrive but it actually emulates the sounds that i'm getting in the studio as close as i can a few people have come up and said man it sounds really like the sound you got in the studio so that was what i was after okay nice cool. clean distortion flashback delay and a tuner and that's it yeah right nice and nice and simple nice and simple yeah cool yeah. i imagine that with your strat through the um through the supro sounds great it does man it's a good sound actually i've just got some uh i mean it's just zoom audio from my drummer he always he, he records every gig that we do right yeah. so he sits he he's an amazing uh he's so dedicated and <laughs> he'll listen to all these these uh, gigs that we do like every night after the show he's yeah. got them in his head you know wow. and um the other night we had this keyboard up from melbourne liam keely fantastic player we'll, we'll, i'll be uploading some stuff on my facebook channel in mm-hmm. the next day um actually for some of the live gigs that we oh, did great. um but this liam was like snoring um the other night and i was like i really needed some sleep and i'm, I'm a fairly new dad of, of like my son's three years uh-huh. so i'm like when I go away for a weekend, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to get like a full eight yeah. hours. Sleep. That's going to be great. But Liam was snoring, so I had to crawl into Tony's bed, which is a double in the hotel. I said, man, can I help you? And he, he couldn't hear me because he was listening back to our gig. I said, Tony, Tony, dude, I need to sleep. <laughs> um, so I'm uploading that Zoom footage with the, with some video stuff. There's some pretty cool stuff there. But that the, going back to the um, the, the Supro, so I talk a lot. It must be a bit of that Irish gene I've got in me. <laughs> Um, oh, it's all good. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the couple of coffees, but the Supro, <laughs> you hear the Supro um, on those recordings, and I, I can notice a difference straight away. You know, yeah, it's just wow. like, that. and and the drive sound, man, it's just great. It's so clean. Um, yeah, I'm really loving it. So that's cool, yeah. man. That's great. Great now. Awesome. Is that is that Tony Boyd, your drummer? Tony Boyd. You're talking about? Yeah. Oh, Boyd. Yeah. yeah, I know Tony. He's great. Yeah. yeah. He plays a lot of guys. You know, he's super busy, but yeah. um, he's... Uh, what I love about Tony is he, he really puts in the work. Like, when yeah, we first started... absolutely. He, yeah, he really does, doesn't he? I mean, he... Um, I mean, like, he 
he, he blew Rob and I away with like all the songs that he learned um, yeah. when we were doing our first bunch of shows. And we we're nice. sort of going through a point where we we're trying to use other drummers and stuff and um, try, trying out other drummers. Yeah. And like Tony just always learned the stuff. And it was like, man, this is like beautiful, you know? Yeah, cool. Very good, man. Well, really happy for you. Um, you know, stoked that your new album's out and that there's lots going on. Like, sounds like you're really busy, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, hey, your Facebook's great and your website's really good. Are they um, are they the best places for people to keep up with what's what's happening with you? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are, Matt. The best. The best. Yeah, I mean, Facebook. I, that's almost like my musical diary. You'll see. I mean, I'm on there like once a week at least. Uh huh. Um, and uh, my website, I try and keep that as uh, up to date as I can. Mm-hmm. All the shows are currently up to date. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm trying to sort of my YouTube channel is pretty much up to date. I'm trying to post something weekly on that as well, so okay. people can check out that yep. if they like. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's great, man. And you do some teaching as well. You mentioned uh, there's a I shop did. you teach at, and you do some Skype lessons as well. I do, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I teach at um, a few places. I teach over at uh, Knox Grammar School on Tuesday afternoons. Yeah. And uh, I teach at Big Music on Thursday afternoons. Oh, uh, that's, that's amazing, that place. That is so cool. There And there are a great bunch of guys in there, great Fantastic. staff. Yeah, cool. Absolutely well run. Um, I also teach at a... At a uh, primary school in Belmore um, just for like a few hours yeah, nice. teaching kids guitar and that's been a real buzz for me actually because I've got a three year old myself so I just you know yeah just I'm really having fun teaching kids <laughs> they're, yeah cool man they're just, and, they're, and just seeing their reaction their buzz from music at first time you know when they get to you know learn a chord or learn a little melody it's, oh for sure that's it's just such a buzz man so. that's really cool yeah yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Excellent. Oh, well, that's brilliant, man. Thank you so much for um, for talking to me today. Really great to um, find out a bit more about your career and all the great things going on. And um, Oh, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, and um, we look forward to your next record. Great. Then, so all the best with uh, the work you're doing on that now as well. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cool, cheers. All right, there you go. My interview with Simon Kinney Lewis. Really good bloke and um, just fantastic guitar player. I love that. Love that stuff he's doing. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing um, a, a new record from the from the band. Now Simon's doing lots of dates. Uh, he mentioned a few of them there, so definitely um, follow him on social media or through his webpage and uh, catch him in a town near you sometime soon. Simon's also been posting, as he mentioned, some live videos. And, um, man, it sounds killer. It sounds absolutely killer with with that rig. You know, his Strat, the Wampler pedals, uh, the flashback, and into that new Supro amp. Sounds unreal. And it's just filmed on, I don't know what, like a phone or, or a small video camera or something. But the tone still comes across incredibly well. Hey, speaking of Wampler, we are... Um, we're chatting with Brian Wampler and hopefully we'll get him on the show very, very soon. All right, just about time to go. Hey, thank you for tuning in. It is, um, it is humbling to know that people all around the world are listening into these guitar conversations I'm having. So I appreciate you downloading this episode. Uh, those of you on the social media, on Facebook or Instagram that, that interact with us, um, yeah, thanks. It's, it's, really, it's really cool. Remember, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio and also now on iHeartRadio if that's a platform that might work for you. Yeah, subscribing is awesome because you just get this stuff delivered to you whenever I release it, which is pretty much every weekend. All right, I'm out of here. My name is Matt Wakeling and you've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. Catch you next time. Bye now.